Welcome to the Grizzly Times podcast with Louisa Wilcox, a place devoted to all things grizzly, where we interview scientists, managers, Native Americans, and others about their perspectives and experience with bears and their ecosystems. This comes at a critical time in a complex debate about grizzly bears, with the recent restoration of endangered species safeguards for the Yellowstone bear, but a new proposal to strip protections for glaciers grizzlies, and when warming temperatures and development are transforming the bear's world. We hope that you find the information and views offered here useful as you shape your own conclusions. This is Louisa Wilcox with Grizzly Times, and I'm delighted to be here in Sealy Lake, Montana, with Manon Dene. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Manon <laughs> is a wildlife policy specialist uh, with Humane Society International and uh, works in Europe. You know, she's based in Paris. Maybe you could uh, share a little bit, Manon, about your, uh, your work and what brings you here to Montana. Yeah, so um, my name is Manon Dene. I'm working for HSI Europe, actually, in the Brussels office. I am based in Paris because I'm a consultant, but a um, big part of my work is to um, work with the European institutions, so the European Parliament, the European Commission, um, the, um, the Committee of the Regions in Europe. Um, so we are here uh, to organize a workshop on bear conflict mitigation strategies um, because we actually have a lot of problems with large carnivores in Europe. So basically with uh, wolves, gray wolves, uh, brown bears, lynx, a little bit with wolverines, but mainly uh, the problems are focused on brown bears and gray wolves. So what is happening is um, in Europe, um, large carnivores have been um, eradicated in a lot of member states, uh, mainly because they've been overhunted, bad perception of uh, wolves and bears. They're seen as, um, well, there's all the, the bad, the, the myth around the, the, the dangerous animals, the bad wolves, uh, bears. Um, so they have disappeared um, in a lot of member, member states of the European Union for centuries. And um, following this, um, this eradication, um, the EU legislation put in place measures to protect gray wolves, brown bears, lynx, and now they are uh, strictly protected under the EU Habitats Directive. Um, and uh, in parallel, a lot of uh, programs to reintroduce uh, these species in member states have been ongoing. So as a result, these animals are slowly coming back in a lot of countries. Um, they ha there are pools of large carnivores that remain. For example, Romania is one of these uh, pools where animals have not been eradicated and the populations are growing. Uh, but we have countries like, for example, Hungary, um, Italy, Spain, France. These animals are slowly coming back. Um, so on one side, people, citizens are really happy because we get to have bears and wolves in our countries. But um, conflicts are 
you know coming back and they're the same as what you know they were the, the they were a century ago um, so wolves attacking the sh sheep herds um, creating a lot of damages attacking people um, and then garden dogs you know being very defensive so attacking people um, so there's a growing voice um, at the EU level that says we don't want these large carnivores to um, to make our our citizens' life critical and to um, damage our economy, um, make farmers' life problem, attack our people. So um, the Hugh Habitats Directive states that brown bears, grey wolves are strictly protected species, but in order to make it possible for member states to manage their populations, there's a derogation that allows member states to take measures, basically um, allowing some um, hunting of these populations, as long as these um, quotas are not detrimental to the species conservation. Right. So we are slowly dealing with growing demands of member states asking to have hunting quotas. And obviously with uh, Humane Society International, we don't believe that hunting should always be the number one solution to deal with these conflicts. And so one of the reasons why we're here is to learn from um, the folks in uh, Montana from the Blackfoot Challenge um, measures that they have successfully implemented to resolve these conflicts that they had with their brown bears, their grizzly bears, as they call it here, and their people. Uh, so we've learned a lot about how to put electric fences, how to successfully install them because we have had a lot of installations of electric fences in Europe mm -hmm. but no, not all of them are very efficient so mm -hmm. there's also growing <clears throat> voice that says well <clears throat> these electric fences they don't really work <laughs> um, so we are learning here that uh, it's crucial to know how to efficiently install these electric fences we also learned a lot about bearware garbages make sure that you know we uh, make the bears fear humans this is critical a lot about how to communicate positively and effectively to people how to behave when they interact with a bear how to behave when they encounter a bear mm -hmm. how to behave to make sure that the bears stay away are not attracted by food for example um, so it's been really productive to learn all of these um, strategies and, and measures to resolve these conflicts and hopefully we can bring some of these ideas back in Europe and, and, uh, and, and use the expertise and the knowledge from Romanians mm -hmm. and biologists, scientists who also have a lot of you know, expertise and together we can try to work to ensure that um, we reduce these conflicts and hopefully um, 
implement a strong, long-lasting coexistence with large carnivores in Romania and a lot of other EU member states. Many people don't know that uh, there are many thousands of grizzly bears, uh, brown bears in Romania, maybe 6,000, maybe 10. Uh, the numbers are very uncertain, but certainly compared to what we have here in the northern Rockies in the U.S., uh, maybe a couple thousand maximum. Um, we've got many more uh, brown bears, uh, same species, uh, in Romania. And yet in 2016, um, the trophy hunt that had been longstanding was stopped, uh, which is really interesting. Maybe you can talk about how that happened and what are the implications uh, in terms of coexistence with bears? Um, so, yes, Romania is one of the, um, is actually the member states where there's more um, brown bears. It's, it is estimated that there is about 7,000 bears in Romania, but um, estimations vary and uh, there is not one official estimation so numbers are still like a, a big question mark. Uh, in 2016 um, the Romanian government uh, decided to ban trophy hunting. Uh, it is known that it has it has been a result of um, pressure from the public opinion and from environmental NGOs um, who um, wanted to um, stop the trophy hunting because there's such a bad publicity around trophy hunting. Um, obviously, there's the question of you know the econo economic benefits of trophy hunting. Um, in Romania, you can um, sell a, a trophy, a bear trophy, uh, around eight between eight and ten thousand. Dollars and Romania is rather poor country with you know citizens that have very low income. So obviously this re this represents a lot of money, uh, and there is uh, intense pressure from the hunting industry to resume trophy hunting since this ban um, was adopted in 2016. The one of the problems that was um, created following the issuance of this um, decision to ban trophy hunting is that there is there has been a little increase of um, conflicts between humans and bears so it means mostly attacks uh, on humans by bears obviously the media is um, a key actor in this um, situation because what's interesting is that whenever there is a, an attack occurring on a human it seems like the media the media always says the bear has been the problem but we don't know how these accidents happened you know what happened why did the bear attack this human and when you go a little bit deeper in the problems you realize that often if not always, humans are responsible for these attacks because they had the bad behavior. They put food and attracted the bear and then they, they sort of defended themselves in an aggressive way that made the bear attack them. Um, so the media and the, the local authorities often communicate about the bad situation that bears create 
And they also say that since the ban of the trophy hunting、uh, occurred, there has been a rise of conflicts.、Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying because trophy hunting was banned, more more accidents happened. So there is too many bears in Romania. We have to decrease the population.、Mm-hmm. So we need to resume trophy hunting.、Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're saying is that it's.、Uh, Way more complex problem than just、mm-hmm. uh, that is not going to be resolved by just hunting. Obviously, there's a problem of lack of education. Citizens are not used to living with bears or are not used to behaving the correct way to ensure that both humans and bears are protected. They are、um, showing all the bad behaviors that are going to. Um, has a consequence, you know, create problems with bears.、Um, there's also a problem of、um, bad perception, also created by the fact that、um, compensations are not really、uh, part of the picture. The government, the Romanian government,、uh, doesn't、uh, compensate people when they have been attacked.、Um, there's no official report that. Can、um, keep a record of all the accidents, how the the accidents happened.、Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of question mark, and the, the Romanians citizens feel alone in dealing with these conflicts.、Mm-hmm. And we realize that a lot of Romanians they don't want to have the bears killed. They don't want to hunt the bears. They like that there are bears around.、Mm-hmm. They just don't want to have a dangerous environment. Um, so, and they would like to have the support of their government and their local authorities. And obviously, the local authorities they want to help, but they don't have necessarily the means、mm-hmm. to do so.、Mm-hmm. So, how do we bring support to these communities who live with the bears? How do we help them getting the the right tools, the guidelines, the knowledge, so that they can? Effectively coexist with bears, feeling、uh, secure and safe, and at the same time being proud of living in bear areas. So, Manoa, what what do you think? I mean, we've had five days of discussion and field trips. We've looked at、uh, ranching operations and garbage management systems here, and obviously there are parallels in Romania and elsewhere in Europe. What do you think some of the next steps are following this workshop? I mean, there have been 11 Romanians here, and、uh, lots of, of energy and interest, and and、uh, different perspectives of government and NGOs, non-governmental organizations. What do you what do you think may come out of this workshop? This workshop has definitely been an inspiration to a, a lot of us, and even for me, because I I work from Brussels, and I. Often go to Romania and try to understand the problems and try to figure out where could we start because it's such an overwhelming problem.、Um, so, really, going to the Blackfoot Challenge and the Swan Valley Conservation and learning from them has been、um, so important to start the process in Romania. The way I see it, and obviously it, it has to、um, build more conversations and discussions, and the solutions have to come from 
the Romanians themselves, the NGOs, the local authorities, the county councils, the scientists, the biologists. They're the one who have to be the the key person, the, the active stakeholders uh, to go to. I think we could start by you know taking the Blackfoot Challenge as a model and try maybe try to recreate sort of this little microcosm in Romania in maybe a county or region or town where there could be one or two active people I think you know this this solution will come from some active people they don't need to be many mm-hmm. we can, we just need one or two people but if these people are like the the active people that can like change the situation go door to door talk to all the neighbors talk to the fa- farmers say here's what we can do no 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 we have to um, start talking about creating guidelines on what to do what not to do when you encounter a bear what to do to keep the bears away like for example simple message that we heard and we learned from this week is feed the bear kill the bear so absolutely it's absolutely necessary to not feed any bear um if we have these key people that can build a network around maybe a local organization and then with the support of some private partners Obviously, Humane Society International will be also one of the, you know, stakeholders that will bring financial and support and and and, and knowledge and expertise to the table. But with the, our help, we can create sort of this little Blackfoot challenge, and uh, it also involves, you know, implementing electric fencing, um, you know, um, financing some bearware garbages. Um, and hopefully, if we create some of this successful pilot project, then we can extend to other counties, to the neighboring towns. You know, I'm thinking it would be wonderful, and that if um, the the neighbors of this pilot project would, would hear, oh, look, you see these people, they have done this pilot project, and they've reduced their conflicts. And the, the, the number of attacks and damages have, like, decreased. It's wonderful. We want to do the same. Um, and hopefully, from where I'm standing, because I also represent, you know, HSI Europe, if we could also bring this, you know, successful pilot project to other member states who have similar problems with wolves and bears, mm-hmm. it would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. So... And I think we can also rely on the, um, the help of maybe folks here, like from the Blackfoot Challenge. Um, there are so many experts who have like decades of experience in building fences, uh, putting you know closed garbages, um, implementing guidelines of what to do, and all these signs. We here we see all these signs about bear country, don't feed the bears, stay away, uh, make sure like your garbages are closed. Um, if we could also benefit a little bit from their, their experience and if they could come to Romania and uh, sort of um, talk with, you know, Romanian folks and sort of discuss what what would work here, what would work in this town, what would work in this area, uh, what do you, you know, it's there's a lot of technical 
mm -hmm. issues that are involved as, as well. You know, there's like the political ideas, but also technically, how is how do we build a fence that is effective in mm -hmm. keeping the bears away? You know. So many of these wildlife issues, as you just said, are technical and political and, of course, social. Maybe, and there's a lot of people throughout Europe. Uh, and as wildlife management specialist, maybe you could just share a story of something that you are really proud of that you were involved in, a, a real success that, uh, you know, that, that we would benefit from knowing about here. I have this idea from CITES. So... With so CITES yes. stands for? Yes. Okay. So CITES is the a convention that regulates international trade of endangered species. Uh, Humane Society International works a lot on, on CITES. Um, and we, we build connections over the years to try to implement, um, to um, increase the level of protection for endangered species, uh, giraffes, African lions, mm. African elephants, brown bears. Brown bears are listed on Appendix 1 in, at right. CITES. Mm -hmm. um, and we feel a lot of um, joy when we succeed in having these endangered species listed on Appendix 1 that bans international trade of you know, these species, mm -hmm. or at least strictly regulates their trade. Um, and it brings me a lot of joy to work with these delegates that are, you know, the emblems of their country and that are so willing to champion these proposals uh, to ensure better protection for these species and be a champion f representing their country, making sure that uh, we build... Uh, um, we recreate this biodiversity that is, you know, slowly uh, decreasing. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, what I love in my job is that it relies a lot on um, people, human connections that we build, mm -hmm. and this is what we're doing also in this workshop. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, of course, the strategy aspect what to do, what not to do. There's the political aspect. Well, we have to deal with, you know, sometimes political positions, um, oppositions from the hunting industry, sometimes obstacles coming from the county level, the region level, the national level, the EU level. Um, but a, a major part of our work is also to simply build connections, mm -hmm. making friends, understanding people, listening to what they have to say to their griefs, to their challenges, to their daily life obstacles that they have to deal with, mm -hmm. and just try to see how we can help them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this all does the job, really. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have to involve necessarily technicality. It's just mm -hmm. trying to understand and say, okay, I get your problem. How can we go from where you stand to there together mm -hmm. Because our common interest is to protect this species, mm -hmm. to have this CITES proposal adopted, to reduce the conflicts between humans, Romanians, mm -hmm. uh, U.S. citizens, and brown bears. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the CITES issues are really vital. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. looking oh, at God. ivory trade from oh, Africa. God. Rhino horn rhino trade. Rhino horn. It's, it's, Whales. Yes. Whale meat. Yes. Oh, there's... But it's, again, it's so interesting, yeah. you know? It's like yeah. I feel really privileged to work, you know, on wildlife conservation and yes. do this, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's crazy at the same time, you know? It's like uh, you have to be optimistic, but at the same time you see all this happening. And, you know, we know that 100, I think it's 100 species that disappear per day now. It's... So you're like, like wow. A- and sometimes, you know, even with elephants and... And rhinos, we know, you know, we're we're working. Oh, like I work a lot on shark oh, shark conservation, oh. and knowing that we're battling to 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 save the ten percent remaining of sharks. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, it's you know, ninety percent of our sharks have disappeared from the ocean. Yeah, and saving the ten percent, oh my God, it's so hard. Like you know, Japan and China and all these fisheries. Yeah. They don't want to let it go. They want to still, like, do shark finning. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And and you see, I mean, there's definitely passionate people who want to defend them. But we are up against such big industries, right. you know? Yes. Like, multi-billion industries. Yes. Yeah. Like, trophy hunters. But uh-huh. they, even the trophy hunters, they're so little compared to the agriculture. Yeah. Their agro mm-hmm. agronomic uh, industry, the fisheries industry, mm-hmm. the hunt, hunting industry is also a big lobby, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. up against all of these. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the view I have sometimes is just, well, if, if by the work we're doing, we manage to save even a few individuals of the species, if we get to save a hundred sharks, if we get to save a few rhinos, okay, that's, that's, that's still worth it. Yeah. You know, this is how we Absolutely. have to. And yeah. this is what, you know, with this workshop, if we yeah. get, because of this workshop, if we manage to save a few hundreds bears, yeah, that's worth it. You're going to do better than that. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now, that's one thing that I really appreciated in the last several days of this conversation is the pride that people have in Europe that they still are these thousands of brown bears and, uh, you know, fairly remote country but also that's been lived in for thousands and thousands of years so uh, it seems that uh, the the pride of place um, really is is driving you know the conversation to what to solutions it's true it's true and it's what it's interesting because we tend to focus on bears are creating conflicts and we tend to focus on the negative side of like you know what bears bring to the table but we often forget about all the great things that they could bring to us and you know we could also look at what they bring to the table in terms of positive like they are of course they are um, essential to the maintenance of the ecosystem and they're like crucial to biodiversity Um, they are extremely intelligent smart animals i think you know every time we look at a video we i mm-hmm. i think oh my gosh these bears they're so smart I, I i love them and of course i can't understand why romanians are so proud of their bear population mm-hmm. um a, a, an interesting thing that i um learned or i heard uh, is the first day we arrived at the missoula airport okay um 
someone from the Romanian team said, "Oh wow, we are clearly in bear country here," <laughs> because wow, there was yeah. these these bears posters and like images, <laughs> and like you could see right. definitely. It's, it was true. It was right. true. We could see bears everywhere, and like you are taking the the you're driving and you see signs like bear country. Right. And we can see, like here in Montana, people seem so proud of their yeah. bear population. Yeah. And the Romanians' like first um, thought was, "Wow, we need to create that too in Romania yeah. because we are so proud of our bears, and right. we don't say it enough." And I think this is also something that is going to be triggered, like inspiration from mm -hmm. this workshop. Is like, we, of course, we have to deal with the conflicts mm -hmm. that bears create, mm -hmm. but we also have to show how proud we are of our bears because mm -hmm. it's definitely something that is enriching everyone mm -hmm. and that uh, we could also build on economically because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think not a lot of Europeans know that Romania has 7,000 bears or more. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure that so many people would want to visit Romania just yeah. to know that, you know, you live in an area where there are bears. It's just wonderful even if you don't mm -hmm. see them you know <laughs> yeah. you just know that you're living in yeah. the same earth where bears are also mm -hmm. roaming it's great yeah I want to visit now <laughs> so now you're a wildlife specialist living in Paris you know a hugely densely you know densely populated country how did you get interested you mean in um, wildlife in wildlife, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a long time since I've been a, like a, um, an animal lover. So mm -hmm. I started as an animal lover. Um, I've been an animal rights activist since mm. I am 18 years old. Mm. I started to, um, I was already vegetarian and you know thinking just like very simply, I don't want to you know eat animals. I don't want to hurt animals. I love animals. Um, and then I. I, I was a political science student at the time and when I became a little bit more involved in politics I also learned a lot about you know animal rights and you know all the suffering that was put on animals in general in all the fields mm -hmm. um, so I five years ago I did an internship for Humane Society International mm. and as a French girl I applied you know to all the internships opportunities and I this is how I traveled to the United States for the first time and I lived in a, for a year in uh, Washington DC mm. and um, I was uh, put in the wildlife department because of you know I'm a francophone so I speak French mm -hmm. and so my team was like well we could use this uh, you know uh, language to sort of um, open our field work to another you know mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people in the world speak French so that's how I started to work on wildlife issues and CITES the International Convention on, that relates the trade of animals um, and, and plants that are endangered um, and this is how I started to work on wildlife so really I, I really love all animals but I found myself working on wildlife issues and it's such um, interesting field work mm -hmm. because What's I think interesting in wildlife is that there are so many um, um, conventions already happening, you know, which you can see with farm animals or like lab animals mm -hmm. or companion animals. Wildlife, it's such a diversity, and it's it's really a cross between the welfare um, 
I would say, issues and the conservation mm -hmm. issues. So my background is really political science. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting because I get to work with um, scientists and biologists mm -hmm. and they have such strong knowledge of species conservation and animals in general. Mm -hmm. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's definitely fascinating. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of headache. Mm. Um, it's a lot of traveling. Yeah, but um, I I don't count my hours. I don't really. I think it's and you know this week, this entire week, I've been thinking, oh my gosh, what can we? Um, what are the strategies that we can find and try to implement in Romania? I feel mm -hmm. like I'm thinking about this all, all the time. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll. I, hopefully we'll we'll get to good um, pilot project ideas, but I feel like we will. Yeah, it's it's a very optimistic, and you bring such enthusiasm and passion to this issue. And thank you so much, Manon. Please come back again and uh, mix it up with bear some more with us. Okay, thank, <laughs> thank you. you, thank you yeah. so much, Louisa. Yeah. It was great talk. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs>